Welcome to the Living Godcast. Our prayer is that this message speaks to you, impacts you, and inspires you. Please enjoy today's message, and we invite you to contact us if you need prayer, appreciate this word, or would like more information on Church of the Living God. Be blessed today. As we continue on with the vision casting of the house, I owe Pastor and Sister Hall and Pastor Matt an apology. I do. Pastor Matt has just been flat preaching in the house. Amen. And under the direction of the pastor and Sister Hall, he's been giving us the strategy. Well, I would get up and I would purport that it was the vision. Well, what Pastor Matt, and listen closely, what Pastor Matt's been preaching is not the vision, it's the strategy for the vision. Okay? Because the vision, and I'm going to get a little ahead of myself, but the vision is found in Luke chapter 14, verse 23. And the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. That's the vision. Now listen to me. Out on the wall, we've got a picture of a future building and a prayer tower and stuff like that. That's not the vision. That's part of it, but that's not the vision. The vision is for the house to be filled. Understand that. With who? All believers? No. Believers and sinners alike that we can bring them to Christ. So, Sister Hall, I apologize. Apostle, I apologize. I, I was saying it wrong. The vision is that my house may be filled. And as sure as I'm standing here, what Pastor Matt is preaching is a God-given strategy to make that happen. And the thing about it is, it's not just on moi. It's not just on the pastors. It's on the whole church. We need you to, com to complete, to accomplish the vision of the house. Amen? Father, thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord, that you will give utterance, anointing, God, that will go beyond our intellect, into our spirits, into our hearts. Father, that we take this word and we go out and compel them to come in that the house may be filled in Jesus' name. And everybody said, so the Lord said unto the servant, go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. Now, once they get here, what do we do? Well, the word of God instructs us. Pastor Matt's been given the strategy for it. Found in Matthew chapter 28. I want to read verse 19, but it's really in 20. Go ye therefore and teach, instruct. That's part of the vision, okay? Because when we get them here to get them saved, we get them saved and we don't tell them what to do, we're going to lose them back to the world, okay? So go ye therefore and teach, instruct all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, not what Pastor Mike thinks. Not what our declaration of faith says, but what I have instructed you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Now, the vision is that the house may be filled. But you remember over the years, the apostle has given vision, part of the vision in two or three different things. You remember the one time he gave the vision where he could see in the spirit realm and in the house there were millionaires standing next to paupers? worshiping the Lord. That's the vision as well. You remember the part where he would be on, on the, he was on the platform and evidently he must have been lying prostrate because he would look up and he saw the congregation and they were bloodied and battered and torn and depressed and 
all those sorts of things. But then the Lord said, look again. And what did the pastor see? He saw them whole, healthy, and in their right mind, if you will. Right? That's the vision. What we're preaching now is a strategy to get to the vision. And I'll never forget this one. The vision he saw, he was on Lexington Avenue, and it was close to the county line, and he saw this string of folks walking, and they had those, uh, you know, they had poles and little big bags tied on their, remember that, tied on, tied on the end of their stick, I guess, had all their belongings in it. And, and the pastor asked the Lord, what was that? And he said, it was the demons leaving the county. Remember that? Remember that? That's, that's part of the vision, church. See, we're not here to be a normal church. We're, and I get up sometimes, I say we're not a normal church, and, and we believe in all those things. But God has not called us to be a social club. I do a Sunday morning program called Focus on the Church, and we record usually on Thursdays because God, unless the Lord said, I'm not going to get up at 730 and record a program on Sundays. But... I have met all sorts of different pastors from all sorts of different denominations and independent pastors. And I'm telling you, as I said this before, there are way more kingdom-minded pastors in this town than I ever knew. More kingdom-minded. They're not so much concerned about their church as they are the kingdom. And you remember what Pastor Matt's been preaching? It's not about this house. It's about the kingdom. Okay? Well, what if they come in here, they get saved, they go somewhere else as long as they go to another Bible-believing church? Now, if they're going to go to a church that doesn't teach the Word of God, we'll say, now, wait a minute. Because it's our responsibility, once they give their life to Christ, to make sure that they get into, plugged into a, a place. You know what I tell people? As a matter of fact, uh, the, uh, how many of y'all went to the chili supper Friday night? Okay. We had a cornhole tournament. It was great. Well, okay, the food was better, but you know. Uh, but uh, we had a cornhole tournament, and Bill Strange and Ricky Richardson, I believe it was, was they won second place. Now, you know, uh, it, it, it would, I, I should really tell who won first place. Okay, since you forced me to. And you know what, Charlie? It sparked as a kind of bittersweet thing, because I was really hoping you'd be there, because I wanted you to be my partner. But, but for whatever reason, you weren't there. But the, reason, the only reason... Well, Michael Atwood and I won first place. And the only reason I won first place is because Charlie Sparks wasn't there. <laughs> but I missed you. I missed you anyway. But we, we had a great time. But I said all that to say this. Linda O'Brien was talking to uh, some people over, way far away from us at a table. And Caleb and I were standing close to the food. Hallelujah. And he said, wonder who those folks are over at that table. Well, you know, being the passive person that I am, I said, well, I don't know. Let's go see. So I walked over there, and it was two ladies and a guy and three kids. And the one lady had hair that was psychedelic, maybe, rainbow, something like that. I, I wanted to say, hey, how can I get that? But it turned out that it was the one lady and her friend and then the lady with the three kids and her husband. And you know what I told them? I said, listen. Y'all go to church anywhere. It's the first thing I ask them. If people go to church, I say, hey, go on to that church, support that church. But they said they didn't go to church. So I said, hey, listen, do this. Come and try the church out. We're at 114 Franklin Avenue. You know where it's at? You know where Puckett's Grocery used to be? Yeah, we're the church with the green roof. I say, come and try us out. I tell them to give us three months because anybody can have a bad Sunday, all right? You know, 
You know how sometimes we get up on Sunday morning and we're really grouchy and stuff like that? We ought not to be. But anyway, that's a whole different sermon. But I said, listen, give us three months. Try us out. And you know what I told him? I said, if you don't like it, go somewhere else. But if you do like it, stay and get plugged in. Go out into the highways and compel them to come in. Church, and I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself on this part. But there's so much going on in this world today that we have got to get the message out. And that message is, with respect, not church of the living God. It's the kingdom of God. Amen. And you know what that word compel means? Do you know what that word, compel them to come in? It means to force them to come in. Now, we're not going to go out and say, club them over the head and say, get to our church. But we need to do everything within our power in a right manner, in a right way to compel them to come in. And I didn't know this until I looked it up. That word compel means to force. And I'll tell you what, the day after the rapture, there are going to be millions of people wishing us that we had forced them to come to church. You hear me? I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. It's important that we hear the word. Jeremiah 22, 29 says this. Oh, earth, earth, earth. And I, you know what I did? I looked it up. I, I looked online, saw the scripture. I went and looked it up to make sure it said earth, earth, earth three times. How many knows when you say something more than once, it's for emphasis? Hear the word of the Lord. Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Now listen, if the only word that you get is today, listen, if the only food I got was Texas Roadhouse, which was where my gift card was too, by the way, if that's the only food I got, I'd enjoy, listen, I would have enjoyed the meal immensely, but I would starve to death. My point is this, don't let this be the only time you get into the word of God. The Bible says, it's like Pastor Matt preached a while back, go into that secret place. Have a secret place in your home that only you and him go, right? And then let him speak to you. Come back into the congregation and hear the word of the Lord. And the word uh, hearing there means instruction, namely oral instruction. It's important that as pastors, we give you oral instruction on how to do the word, say the word, and live the word. And then it's your responsibility, listen to me, to go home and make sure that what we told you is in this book. Because so much of what is being preached today is so far outside this book. It is so far outside this book that it's confusing people. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. John 1, 1 through 5 says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made in him. Who? The word. Who? Jesus. In him was life, and the light was the light of men, and the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Now, in the beginning was the word. The word, listen to me, the word there means a weighty saying. Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. What are you saying? What are you saying? Are you, are you speaking the word 
are you speaking doubt? You know, I, I, I was talking about doing one of the uh, radio programs we, we recorded last week for this week and next week. And I call him a pastor. I don't think he calls himself a pastor, but he's a deacon in the church. And he was talking about after we recorded that he, there were like two or three people in their congregation that had cancer. And I said, I hate that word. And I shared with him the two or three people in here that are fighting cancer. And it's under, it, you need to understand what you say is important. Okay? In the beginning was a weighty saying. Jesus thought it was important what he said. Not only is it a weighty saying, but it is actually the person of Jesus Christ. I'm talking about going forth by hearing the word of God. Now, Jesus knew this best, this point I'm about to make. Listen to me. Your word is one of the most important things that you have. Okay? Salvation, family, uh, that's, that's important. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your word is one of the most important things you have. Keep your word, church. If you tell somebody you're going to do something, do everything in your power to get that done. Because you don't want to be a person that says, okay, I'll do this. And not do it. Or, yeah, I'll do this and not do it. I'll do this and not do it. Because what will happen is after time, people will stop asking you to do things because they'll come to realize that, hey, you know what? They don't keep their word. And if anything, I want to be a man of my word. Now, there are times that you tell someone you're going to do something, sure. And something comes up that you can't. Now, understand this. As pastors, when you ask us to do something, give us grace. Because the moment I tell Debbie Plummer, Debbie, I'm going to go to that refrigerator and count those pizza rolls. That way she don't have to come all the way from Paris to do it. You know, and, and I, I wasn't doing it for a thank you, but uh, I'd appreciate it, but. And I tell her that, but I don't get it done. The next phone call I get means I have to go to UK. You understand what I'm saying? So give us grace there, but be a person of your word. If you can't do what you said you were going to do, call them and let them know. Right? Are you with me? I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. If you don't keep your word, people are going to realize that you're not reliable. And let me tell you something. If you don't keep your word to other people, you will not keep your word to God. Work on that one first, then the other one will fall into place. Psalm 138 verse 2 says, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. God thought it was more important to lift his word above his name because what he said has got to be true and I don't know about you but I have found out that the word of God is true and faithful as a matter of fact in Revelation it says that he is true and faithful amen let's go a little bit further now pastor Matt has been alluding to these scriptures talking about the overall vision of the house okay what's the vision of the house Go out and compel them to come in that my house is filled. And what happens when the house is filled? Picture on the wall. That's what happens. Well, what happens? We build that, and that gets filled. Because you see, the pastor has been told that, well, he's not been told. He's seen, he has seen, he has seen a church of 2,000. 
a church of 2,000. But it has been told to him by somebody else that I heard that they said 4,000. And can I tell you, while the number's not important, that number represents souls. Amen? So, one of the scriptures that Pastor Matt alluded to was Romans chapter 1, verse 16, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. Are you ashamed of the gospel? Oh, no, not me. That, that will be the first one. Oh, no, I'm not ashamed of the gospel until we get in a group of people and everybody else is putting down Christianity and the Lord, by the Holy Spirit, prompts you to say something and then you think, well, now, wait a minute. All these people, hmm. Don't ever be ashamed of the gospel because that is the power of God. The gospel is the power of God. What's the gospel? It's good news. What's the good news? Hey, listen, you hungry soul, I have found bread that you can have for all eternity. You hear me? That's the gospel. That's the good news is telling one hungry man, telling another hungry man where he can find perpetual food for eternity. Because what did Jesus say? I am the what? Bread of life. Amen. Let's go a little bit further. What did, Je what did Jesus say? Well, let me say this part first. In our day and time, we as a society are no longer phased by sin. What we, listen to me, and I tell you what, with all respect, with all respect, I, I, I just, I saw a commercial for a, a drug, I, and I don't even remember what the drug was, I don't remember what it was for, but it had to, evidently had, it, it, it evidently had to do with HIV or something like that, because every five or ten seconds, you turn around, and there were two men hugging and kissing or getting just really close together and stuff like that. Okay, listen. The Bible says homosexuality is an abomination. Okay, I'm not sorry for saying that because that's the word of God. But I will tell you, this past week, this past week I had, I had finished, a, a, was in a, a gathering, and I, uh, there was a guy there that I know is a gay man, great guy. Nice guy, friendly guy. But I, I pulled away there, and I got to thinking, Lord, how do, we, how do we witness to the homosexual? But I didn't stop there. I said, Lord, how do we witness to the unsaved? And can I tell you one of the best ways? I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. One of the greatest ways that you can witness to somebody. Well, our church believes this, and we go to this church. You know, tell them what we believe. Tell them where we go to church. But one of the best ways that you can witness to another person is simply telling them what Jesus has done to change your life. That's one of the greatest witnesses of all. Because they can argue theology, and trust me, they will, but they cannot argue your experience because you've been through it. Because you have been through it, and you know what you came through, and you know how God delivered you. Can I get a witness? Amen. I'm talking about going forward by preaching, or by hearing the word. Amen. We've got to get the message out. Now listen, I, with all respect, and if you say this, I'm not pinpointing you because I don't know that you say it. I, I, I get really 
tired of hearing people say, well, you know, we sin every day. No. You heard it from the apostle? You heard it from the leader of the house? No. You do not have to sin. What does that mean, I'm perfect? No, because you were born into sin, you sinned until you got saved, and then you're supposed to not be sinning. When people come to you and say, well, we sin a little bit here, there, and there every day, tell them, no. I was hoping he did right there. <laughs> tell them no, right? Well, give me scripture where it says that we don't have to sin every day. I'm glad you asked that. Go to Luke chapter 16. Oh, wait a minute. No, no, not Luke chapter 16. I didn't put the scripture down here, so never mind, guys. So I'll tell you about it. You remember when Jesus met the woman at the well? What, what was wrong with her? She had been married. Now listen, if you've been married five times, that, that's, a, that's between you and the Lord. But she had been married five times, and evidently she either had been divorced four times and was still married to this one while living with another one, or she was divorced five times and living with the one. Because Jesus said, the one you're with is not your husband. Okay? And, and what about the woman they caught, they caught in the, what? Very act of adultery. Okay, the religious folks of the day caught them in the act. My first question is, why in the world are you there? Why in the world are you there? If you're any kind of man or woman of God, you ought not have been there. That's a whole other point. Caught them in the very act of adultery. Legally, they were supposed to be stoned to death. Right? They had the stones in their hand. They were looking at this woman, and they were ready to throw them. And all of a sudden, Jesus came on the scene. And what did he say? You that are without sin, cast the first stone. Now, before we go any further, let me say it this way. That means we're all level. I'm no better than you are. And you're no better than I am. We have all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now, there'll be people that tell you, well, you just think you're Mr. Holy and all, Miss Holy and all that sort of thing. Listen, just let that go by. You want to you smack them and you want to say something, but just let it go by. Just let it go. Pray, 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 pray. They had the stones in their hand, church. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. They were ready to stone her. What did Jesus do? He didn't say, Stop. He stooped on the ground and wrote something in the sand. And I wonder what she thought. And the Lord, they're about to stone me. What are you doing? But he stood up and he looked at them and he said, you that are without sin, you cast the first stone. And all of a sudden, it was kind of like raindrops. Every stone started dropping. And then all of a sudden, Jesus looked at her and said, woman, where are thou accusers? They were gone. And then what did he say? Neither do I condemn thee Go and sin no more. So stop letting the devil lie to you and say that you have to sin a little bit every day. You don't have to sin anymore because you've been set free, because you're under the blood. And anytime he tries to do things like that, it's called trespassing. You know, we're, we're getting ready to put up, put, uh, we're having parking lot signs made. You know, there's a parking, it's going to say parking a uh, lot A, lot B, and all, all, you know. And then below that, it's going to say, uh, unauthorized vehicles will be towed. Well, and I was going to put no trespassing because what I did is I called the police department. I said, hey, do we have to have, you know, the KRS number on there and, and what should we put? And he said, you can either put private property or no trespassing. Well, and, and the reason you put that is because it, it, it elevates the, the, what the police can do if someone 
unlawfully parks in our lot. Okay? And I thought about putting no trespassing. So I called Pastor Jim, be the operations pastor and stuff, and, and I asked him, I said, what do you think about that? Because uh, Central Baptist, they have a sign which is two foot squared. It's huge. It says private property. I said, you think we ought to put no trespassing signs or private property? And so Jeannie May spoke up in the background. She said, well, you know, the Bible says, talking about uh, trespasses and sin, and, and we want them to come to church. And I never thought about that. So it's going to say private property. But I said that to say this, that Jesus wants us as believers to show him to the world in that while they are yet sinners, Christ died for them. And I, my prayer this morning is that you hear this word, that you realize that the vision of this house is not just for numbers, but it's for the house to be filled, right? You know, we count numbers, and, and that's all good, and well, and that's fine. But we're after the soul. We're after that soul. That young lady, that, that little girl, she had to be nine or ten or maybe a little bit younger. They gave her life to Christ last week. She didn't come up here. We prayed that sinner's prayer. And I said, if you believe that, she raised her hand. It's like Pastor Matt said, that's a down payment on what God's asking us to do in, as he casts vision. And, you know, what we're asking folks to do, it's not the normal thing. Pastor Matt asked, who likes change? Most of us don't like change. Well, let's just change from a mistake to, you know, anyway. But we're asking you to change. We're asking you to move up. Okay, now 9 o'clock, I'm asking you, starting next week, move up. Move up. Just get into the practice of moving up. Because you know how it is when you go into another church, and the only seats are on the front seat. Most, most of the time, we don't want to go. Uh, when... Um, uh, Pastor Israel was being ordained, uh, and Pastor Matt, uh, Pastor Matt went and preached, and Pastor and Sister Hall were there. Well, I got there. I don't know if I was late or whatever, but I sat in the back on purpose, just so I didn't have to go up front. So I'm sitting in the back. Well, all of a sudden, some lady come and got me. Marched me right up on the front seat right next to Sister Hall. And, and it kind of makes you feel awkward. Imagine people that may not look as nicely dressed as we are, that may not have on the best perfume, that feel condemned already because they have fought a battle to get here in the first place. Imagine those folks having to march up to the very front and sit down. That's the reason we're asking you to move forward. It's a change. It's a big change, but that's what we're asking you to do. We're asking you, and, and we'll have these out next week, these are life books. This is talking about the book of John. It is the book of John. But we're, we're going to ask you to take these and give them out to folks. Don't take them and let them sit on your table. Okay? Take them with the point of saying, hey, listen, I want to invite you to church. And I'd like for you to take one of these and start reading. The, just, just tell me what you think about it. I don't necessarily think you have to instruct them. What to do. Hey, listen, read this and tell me what you think about it. And Pastor Matt alluded to this little card. We ordered 3,000 of them because they were cheaper. And it's got the name of the church. It's got our website address. It's got the schedule of times. It's got the address. You can hand this to somebody instead of saying, Church of Living on 140 Franklin Avenue, Winchester, Connected, all this stuff. Hand them this. 
let them take it with them and see what God will do. I'm talking about going forward by hearing the word. And let me, let me, oh, let me finish up real quick. We're asking you to do things that are not comfortable. John Maxwell, I heard him say something in Minute with Maxwell one day this week that impacted me so much that I put it on my Facebook page. This is what he said. Because he had gone back in the 70s, he was talking about people that were influencers to him. He was talking about Zig Ziglar. Anybody ever heard of him? One of the greatest motivators there was. But John Maxwell went to see him and ended up, he went three hours early because it was general seating and he wanted to be on the front row. This is what John Maxwell said. He said, if you want something bad enough, you'll get on the front row. If you want something bad enough, you'll get on the front row. I encourage you, get as close to the front as you can. You know, and now whether the glory starts here and goes back there or it, that's up to the Lord. But I encourage you, get on the front row. And let me leave you with this. Psalm 55, verse 8 and 9. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Let me say it like this. For my plans and my purpose are not your plans and purpose. My, listen to this. My invention, my device, are not your invention and your device. Right? I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you to follow the Lord. And let me leave you with this thought that I heard on the radio. Stand with me, would you please? My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. God's, listen to me, God's thoughts of you are not memories. Let that sink in. God's thoughts of you are not memories, but they're thoughts of what you are going to be and what you're going to become. Let's go forward by hearing the word. Father, thank you for your word today. I pray, Lord, that we take this word, that it will sink into our spirits, that we will hear you through your word, through podcasts, through the preachers in the house, God, through the Holy Spirit, let us hear your word in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. God bless you. Let's get ready for Sunday school. Thank you for listening today to the Living Godcast. We trust and pray that you are blessed by today's word. If you would like to contact us for prayer or for more information about Church of the Living God, please visit our Facebook page at WinCityCOLG or give us a call at 859-745-1865.